Everybody have a good week? Getting a little live in the worship now, I like that. We don't have everybody sitting in their seats holding the TV up. Is he going to sing another song? I just want to sit down. I stand all week. Why did I even come here? Oh, he's singing the same verse again. Mm. Oh, yeah. Everything I share comes from my heart. I've had that struggle. I've sat in worship at church, and I'm like, you have seasons in your life where you're turned on, and you're a Jesus freak, and then you have a season where you've turned that dimmer switch all the way down, and you just want to be left alone. And sometimes you don't have a choice, though. And I find that worship is where that is challenged in me. Singing. Singing through worship. This is all a form of worship. Right now, we're worshiping God. Right now, we've come to the house of God. We come to his sanctuary, his safe place. We sit down. We prayed. We fellowshiped. We sang some songs. We're going to listen to a reading and some teaching. And we're going to fellowship after. That's all worship of him. But I find myself challenged where my heart is when the music comes. Because that's where my physical state is challenged to stand up and show my heart of worship. See, I can sit there and smile at you and say, everything's fine. Everything's great. Oh, yeah, I'm loving it. Great week at work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Couldn't wait to get here today. Couldn't wait to get here and give one hour of my 17 hours worth of Saturday and Sunday. Couldn't wait to get here and do it here. We all have that attitude. It's normal. It's natural. It's a struggle. Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged when I see the church coming up. Skip, keep bringing it. Keep challenging us. I'm going to get up here and challenge you every week. So Skip gets up here before me, I expect him to challenge you before me. Get out of those seats. Put your hands up. Come to the front. Sing with your mouth. God gave you a mouth to sing in praise. When we go to heaven, we're going to sing praise. you got to practice here. Okay? Amen? Amen. All right. So I have a brother and sister. They're like 18 years younger than me. And they have a different dad than me. And their grandfather um, was involved in ministry, and he had nine kids. And my brother and sister, their dad is the youngest of the nine kids. And he experienced an accusation once. He was falsely accused of something. And he went to prison for two years. Nine kids went to prison for two years. And you know what he said? I will not admit to a crime I didn't do. 
How do you do that? Think about it. Give us a guilty, give us a no contest plea, we'll write this off, probation, slap you on the hand. It'll all be over. Not guilty. You know you're going to get the maximum penalty if convicted. He said, I will not say I did this crime. And he went to prison for two years. I was thinking about his uh, story. I, I've heard it many times from the kid's dad. And I was thinking about his story this weekend um, as I was praying about our message. Because we're going to hear that today. And uh, I thought integrity, that was the biggest word that came to my mind. Integrity. Honesty. Moral principle. What is integrity? It's defined as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles or moral uprightness. Also defined as adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, honesty, the state of being whole, entire, or undiminished, a sound, unimpaired, or perfect condition. So when we think of integrity and we apply it to the biblical principles, I think of moral uprightness and moral principles and honesty. What do we do when our integrity is being challenged? What do you do? How do you respond? I have to ask myself those questions. I'm as human as everybody else, so I have to ask myself those questions, you know? I'm going to be 42 years old next month. And I think to myself, I own a mortgage. I don't own a home. I own a mortgage. I have a wife. I have a daughter living at home. Got bills. If I was falsely accused of something, would I stand on the ground of saying I'm not guilty and go to prison for two years and lose my mortgage and put my wife and my kid on the street? and trust everything into God's hands? Would I do that? Tough question, right? How do you respond when your integrity is being challenged? Do you defend yourself? Do you take it? Do you lie? Do you challenge the accusation? What I know is this, when God puts you in a position to change the world, your integrity will be challenged. Are you being challenged? I heard somebody say a long time ago, if you don't feel like the enemy's attacking you, then that's a bad place to be because he's already got you then. If you don't feel attacked inside and out by the devil, then you are definitely doing something wrong. If you feel like everything is going smooth and gravy, it's time to check your situation. It's time to check the spiritual odometer. It's time to see who you're plugged into your power source from. Because if the enemy's not attacking you, that's not a good thing. And when God puts you in a position to change the world, your integrity is going to be the first thing that's challenged. 
God has a chosen purpose for every single one of us. Every one of us. God chose Noah to build an ark to save the animals from destruction and to carry on mankind. Why did he choose Noah? Because Noah would be bold enough to trust God, build an ark in a dry climate, and be ridiculed by those around him. And if he didn't have those qualities and wasn't going to be that bold, then Noah would not have been his guy. God chose Abraham to be the father of many nations, and God chose him because Abraham would believe God. Same as Noah. He believed God. How deep did he believe him? We'll get into that. God also chose Isaac to be the father of many nations, after Abraham. God chose Jacob over Esau. And now God would choose Joseph over Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin. God's going to choose one person here. God chose every one of us for something. Each man struggled in some way and had their integrity challenged. Every one of these people. You know what Noah did after he saved the world? And save the animals. He got so drunk he was naked. Caused his own son to sin. Ham. The descendant of Canaan. Yes? Abraham. Even though Abraham was going to be the father of many nations, where was his faith? He lacked his faith. Because he didn't believe, he didn't really believe that God was going to give him a son through Sarah. So he had Ishmael through Hagar, you remember? And then when he was going around and, and God promised him he was going to be this father of many nations, he would show up in places and feel like his life was in jeopardy and that promise that God gave him was out the window and all that he believed in was that he was going to lie his way out of it. This is not my wife, it's my sister. His integrity was challenged. Isaac, what was Isaac's flaw? Parental favoritism. He preferred Esau over Jacob. What was Jacob's issue? Marital and parental favoritism. You remember these stories? All these guys were flawed in some way. Each, man, each man's integrity was challenged in some way by what we've read through Scripture. Remember that Jesus would later be the Savior of this world and he was blameless and without sin, yes? Remember I recently spoke to you last couple weeks about the integrity and honesty that Joseph had with his father. Even when his brothers would hate him for his integrity, he had it. Joseph was a man of full integrity. He didn't waver from the truth or shy from it. He showed no favoritism. That's why Joseph was qualified to be the first image of a savior in Israel's history. He would be God's guy. All these other guys served a purpose, but Joseph was going to serve a greater purpose here. Later, Moses would come along with flaws and be our second, second image of a savior. But today we're going to look at how Joseph 
will be tempted. How he will choose to do what's right. How he will have his integrity challenged. And how he'll be punished for it. So we're going to close up our Genesis series with Joseph. We're still Joseph is a slave. Praying over our vision for next year. I just, I keep praying about this. I'm praying about this. I'm praying about this. I'm praying about this. We're going to have a verse. And it's going to build 2023. I started with a few things, but what's been driving in my head the last so many days is these words. Build my church. Take a look around here. I've been up here 10 months. 2023. 2022, we got to know each other. 2023, we have to build his church. We, not Pastor Chris, we, we have to build his church. All right, don't let me get in the weeds. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Genesis 39, 1 through 23, it's in your notes. It's also on the board over here. Now Joseph, I'm going to read this kind of slow. I'm not going to jump around. I'm going to read it, get through it, okay guys? Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had put, and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he was full of integrity. It says, but he refused. And said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed to her. 
to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside. That's why we do things in pairs around here. And none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, see, he has brought in us to a, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to be to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept her gar- his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. You see, here it is. So it was. When his master heard the lies, oh, I'm sorry, heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Maybe when you're accused of something and it might send you to prison for two years, God has a greater purpose for you in the prison, but your fear would keep you from taking on the journey, right? Guaranteed 99% of us in this room would say, I didn't do it. Be scrambling up money, putting your house on a loan to get an attorney. No, Chris, you're wrong. I think not. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. Like, man, I like waking up in my comfortable bed, in my comfortable house with a roof I'm the king of my castle let all that go because God has a purpose for you over here that's a scary thought I think of that story of the kid's grandparent grandfather and I know that he impacted people in the prison And his story impacted me years later. See that? And his story impacted you today. You've never even met the man. But that was his purpose for that. Everybody serves a purpose. God made Skip and Greg to love music 
and be able to touch instruments with their hands and make amazing sounds. He did that so that they could stand up here one day and portray the sounds out and have us all in worship. That's what God does. I'm looking at who I'm going to target next. Let's go through some of my notes. I know you all want to go home to lunch. I know you all want to go to lunch. You're like, it's 11 o'clock. He's still talking. He hasn't gone through the notes yet. <laughs> oh. He's really challenging my integrity this week. He said he was going to be done on time. <laughs> Let's look at the life of Joseph here in this story. Some of the things I pulled out of this, there's some good little nuggets here. Joseph had propered, prospered in Egypt despite the ill actions of his family. You remember that his family, his brothers, plotted to kill him. Reuben wanted to redeem himself. So he's like, no, no, let's not kill him. Let's throw him in this pit. And, and, and then he was going to take him. Remember, Reuben was going to come back and save him and take him home to his father to redeem himself. Because Reuben, Reuben's already lost his blessing because Reuben slept with his father's concubine. You remember this? So Joseph prospered in Egypt despite the ill actions of his family. No matter what happens to you in this life, when your integrity is challenged, if God has a purpose for you, God is going to prosper it. That's not in your notes. I'm living proof of that. He was purchased by a powerful man in Egypt. Do you think that was an accident? No. The Lord was with Joseph and made him successful. Remember when I read in one of the first verses it said the Lord was with Joseph. And you remember I told you that's the real blessing. All that material stuff, those are bonuses. The real blessing of your life is waking up every day and knowing and having God right there with you. In everything you do. Everything. I went to the store today, and I ran into this person, and the next thing I know, I started sharing scripture, and they're going to come to church next Sunday. Oh, man, I was having this really weird feeling, and I felt like I had to go to the bathroom, and I was driving, and I pulled over real quick, and I went into this Joann's, because I figured they'd have a really clean bathroom in there, so I didn't go into the gas station, and when I was in there, and I was walking to the back, this lady asked me if I needed help. I told her no. She told me something happened to her son, and I started praying for her, and it was crazy, and we were there praying for like 20 minutes. You see that? That's blessing. That's being blessed. That's God being with you. Wherever you go. Stuff like that has been happening to me my entire life. That's why I'm sharing weird like that. That's a great example of something that would happen to me. Man, I was driving down the street. I got this bubble gut. I had to pull over. I ran into the Joann's, and I ended up praying with this person. It was insane.
Everybody's like, get that image out of my head, Chris. <laughs> Another bathroom story. Listen. His master saw that the Lord was with him. What is it like when the people in your life look at you and they know the Lord is with you? Isn't that a good feeling? I'm not boasting, you guys. I have that feeling, and I have people tell me that, and I can tell you that brings me sometimes greater joy than any of the other things I accomplish and do in my life. When I hear somebody look at me and say, I know that the Lord is with you, that makes me feel really good. I want everybody to experience that feeling because I know what it feels like. He found favor in Potiphar's sight as a direct result of God's presence with Joseph. Because God was with Joseph in everything that Joseph did, everything he touched was blessed. He touched this key and music started happening and he touched this over here and things grew and the, the, the pumpkins were oversized and it's just, it doesn't matter what you do. God blesses it and does amazing things with it. That's what he was doing in Potiphar's house. That's why Potiphar put Joseph in charge of everything. He's like, look at this guy. There is a God. There is a God, and he's got it. Potiphar put him in charge of all his house and all that he had, except his wife. Joseph was God, Joseph was a man of principle and honor. Are you a man of principle and honor? If somebody that knew you really well, would they say you were a man of principle and honor? Or would you be a prophet without honor in your hometown amongst your family and your friends? Joseph was a man of principle and honor in anybody's eyes. Joseph was God's guy. That's your next one. Joseph was God's guy. It's like God been laying these people out. He'd been asking people to do things. Adam and Eve let him down long ago. Noah got hammered. Abraham started lying, didn't trust him. Isaac preferred the wrong son over the one that God prophesied over. Jacob didn't love his first wife. All these guys had flaws. And then God said, ah, I got one now. This one's full of integrity. He's going to be the one. He was God's guy. I want you to be God's guy. I want you to be God's guy. Wouldn't it feel good if you looked in the mirror and said to yourself, when God looks at me, he says, I'm his guy. I'm going to be God's guy today. Come on. You're too quiet. Wouldn't it feel good if you looked in the mirror and, and, and you said to yourself and you believed it, you were like, I'm God's guy today. There you go. Come on now. Now, what happens when you're God's guy? The enemy is coming for you. The arrows are going to be pointed at your back. There's going to be targets on all sides of you. And your integrity is going to be challenged. What happened in the life of Joseph? When everything was going great, he was approached by a sinful temptation. One of the 
biggest temptations out there. I love, I love what I'm going to get into in bullet point D. Let's go with C. Joseph refused to sin against God and his master. He said, I'm going to have integrity, and God put me here, and God blessed me, and God allowed my brothers to sell me here. I know I'm here for a reason. I serve Potiphar, and I serve God, and I'm not going to sin against either one of them with this easy temptation. And he said no. This is the part I like the best. This is what you have to do when the enemy lies to you. Joseph verbally acknowledged all that God had done for him. How often is it when sin and temptation comes into your life that you verbally speak and you say, I serve the God of Most High. I serve Jesus Christ who set me free from my sin. And devil, I'm not going to follow through with this. Devil, I want you to take this thought out of my mind. Devil, my God loves me and my God purposed me to do something greater than this and I'm not going to sin against him. When was the last time you said that truth against the evil temptation? Thank you, Mike. Yes, sir. He was convinced that he had a special task from God. He was convinced of that. It was evident in his rise from slavery to power. Don't you think he saw that? Remember that Joseph already had the dreams that he shared with his brothers and his dad. He's ended up in slavery, sold to them, and all of a sudden he rises up to power and he works for the, cap, the, the captain of Pharaoh and he's his right-hand man. He's been entrusted with everything. It's evident to him what God is doing. Here's a great one for you guys. If one, we'll just switch that word out with you. If you are to fulfill God's plan, you cannot sin against the one who will bring it about, and that's God. But Chris, I, you, I, you, I came to church seven years ago. You said all I had to do was give my life to Jesus. Yes, all you had to do was give your life to Jesus and follow him and that if you confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead and believe in your heart and you tell people about Jesus, yeah, you're saved. But that ain't the end of the coin. Other things begin to happen in your life after that that are evidence that this is really happening in your life. And you're not going to want to sin against God if that's what God's purposed in your life. You see, if you sit here and you say, oh, I got Jesus. This sin came up and I kind of acted on it, but that's cool. I'm, I got to get out of sin free card. When I'm standing in heaven one day, every time the devil makes an accusation against me, Jesus is going to stand up and say, I object, Your Honor. I paid for that sin. Is that the way you want to live, though? Thank you. If one is to fulfill God's plan, he cannot sin against the one who will bring it about. Number three, Joseph's integrity causes him to be falsely accused. When you are full of integrity for God, you are going to be falsely accused. Oh, he's a goody two-shoe. He says he goes to church on Sunday. I don't know about him. I didn't like the way he looked at so-and-so. He said something the other day. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Hey, you know, we've been not getting a lot of hours at work, and the boss has been giving it to this guy. He's a Jesus freak. I think I saw him st steal some tools out of the truck. Let's get rid of him. 
Why does a Jesus freak get all the hours? Because God's with him. And God's going to bless and prosper everything that man does. He's going to be the guy out of all. he got four guys, three of them that don't know Jesus, and one guy knows Jesus, and one foreman running the job. And he's going to call. He's going to sit there on a Sunday afternoon. He's going to go, I only got work for one guy this week. You know what guy's going to come up in his head? Guess who? Because God is going to have favor and blessing on that man. And if he doesn't, it's time you look in your mirror and you check your spiritual odometer. Chris, I was offended that you said that. Things haven't been going my way lately. I'm sorry. Look in the mirror at your spiritual odometer. Wow, that was double whammy. Potiphar's wife was humiliated and fabricated a lie about Joseph. Isn't it funny that for a man to resist a woman caused the woman to lie and say horrible things about him? He didn't deny her once. It said day after day after day after day, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. She felt rejected. Look at what rejection will cause in a person. Whether somebody believes in God or not, when somebody feels rejected, they'll lie about you. I love this one. I pulled this out of my notes. Joseph's garment brings about a second false report about him. You remember the first time Joseph's garment brought a false report? When they took his robe that his dad gave him and they smeared the blood on it and sent it back to tell and lie to the dad about him? Well, now she's got his garment and she's going to lie about him too. It's the second time in his life that his garment has created a false report about him. Why? Because Joseph was not guilty. The enemy will take the things around you in your life and make false accusations with you. If you're living an upright life, I'm going to have to lie about your garment. I'm going to have to make a lie with something else because I can't lie about you if it's not true. So Joseph's garment brings about a second false report. Lies were honored over truth by his master. He didn't listen to Joseph, the guy he put in charge of everything, the guy he entrusted, the guy he was doing all this. He didn't even listen to him. His wife said it, and he believed his wife. Period. Nothing wrong with that. You guys better believe your wives, okay? Got that, husbands? Courtship men, you got that? Bullet point four, Joseph is sent to prison. So you know what Joseph said? We don't know. But what did he likely say? I didn't do it. It doesn't say whether he defended himself. It doesn't say anything. But like my brother and sister's grandfather, he didn't fight it. He went to prison, excuse me, he went to prison. What happened when Joseph went to prison? Because what? God is with Joseph and God is with you. What happened when Joseph went to the prison? He instantly gained the favor of the keeper of the prison. Instantly. 
The story doesn't even take a toll. Like, oh, he sat in the prison for two years. No, it literally like in three sentences said, and he went to prison and he became the keeper of the prison and everything got put under his authority and God made him prosper in the chapter. Sometimes God's word's simple for a reason. He instantly gained the favor of the keeper of the prison. He was given authority over the prisoners. He was given authority over everything, it said. It said that the keeper of the prison didn't even look into anything that was under the authority of Joseph, a prisoner. Sounds like the guard and the keeper of the prison knew that Joseph was innocent. No matter what Joseph did, the Lord made it prosper. But Chris, that's not happening in my life. I don't know what to tell you. Check your spiritual odometer. Every time I've ever thought those kind of thoughts where I'm like challenging like God's truths, I'm like that's not happening in my life, I'm going to tell you right now there was 98 things going off in my life that were not what God wanted going on in my life. Tell me I'm wrong. You can't because I'm telling you it's me. <laughs> Every time I ever questioned a truth of God, I could pull you out 100 sins that I was thinking about, committing, and acted to, and in line with. I don't know why God doesn't do that in my life. This is the stupidest thing I said to myself. True story. I don't know why God's not making this prosper. Maybe because your heart is not in the right place. I'll tell you another side to that coin. I know what it's been like the last 15 years to have a heart that wants to chase after God and his word and his love and I want to I want I just want to submit and surrender and not have sin and I just detest sin and I just I just want to serve God that's where my heart is and oh man I stubbed my toe and oh man I tripped up here but it's okay I'm going to get up I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep chasing after God. And I'm going to keep trying to be a better man of God. I'm going to keep trying to be a better servant of God. I'm going to show up every Sunday. I'm going to try to make sure that my kids know who Jesus is. I'm going to keep chasing after you, Lord. I've been doing that for 15 years. And you want to know what 15 years looks like? The Lord made Chris prosper in every area of Chris's life. Tell me I'm wrong. Can't because it's me. Anyways, you guys, closing up today, when you do the right thing, good things happen, but your integrity is going to be challenged. Opposition is going to come up against us. If you're not experiencing opposition and accusations, you're not doing something right. Look what they did to Jesus. And he was perfect. 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 I deal with inside salespeople. They make mistakes. I give them a piece of paper. Say, write your name down. 
Is it done? Is it perfect? And quit making mistakes on customers' orders. Because nobody's happy when it's 99% right. Hey, you got my order 99% right, man. We were almost able to start that job on time. Tom's laughing back there. Tom knows. Jesus was perfect. Perfect. And they accused him. And they made accusations about him. Just like Joseph. To this day, there are people writing books making accusations against Jesus. To this day. Trying to pull up books that don't exist. Trying to make up new history. They're trying to smear his name still. That's what the world is going to do to you if you follow Jesus. The world is going to accuse you of things that are not true. What are you going to do when your integrity is challenged? I love you, Will. Good. That's right. That's what I want to hear you say when those things are happening. Good. Because you want to know what God's going to do? Even if you go to the prison, he's going to put you in charge of everything. He's going to bless you. Are you excited? What God do you serve? This God. This one that's going to do all these amazing things with you. No matter what the world says about you. No matter what your neighbor says about you. No matter what that person at work that doesn't like you says about you. No matter what. God is going to continue to take you and do amazing things with you. And he's going to lift you up. And he's going to make you look good in their presence. You know why? Because you're his son and he loves you. Isn't that what you want to do for your kids? That's right. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for I thank you that we get to dive into your word, Lord, that we get to take a deep look, Lord, that we don't look with a bird's eye view, Lord, that we get to the ground level, Lord, and we look at these men that you've put in history before us, Lord God, men that you've called servants, Lord God, men that you've called faithful men, Lord God, men that you put into your hall of faith, Lord God, and we get to look at these men and we get to identify with them, Lord, on a personal level, and we get to understand, Lord, and see that we're no different than them, Lord, that you have set us apart to be just as special, Lord, that you have a purpose for us, Lord. Father, I pray that everyone in here this week, Lord, that you give them the courage, Lord, that we're going to build your church. We're going to invite people to come to church. We're going to invite people to come back to church. We're going to invite people who don't know you to come to church. Maybe they need that first invite, Lord. I pray that you fill this people with an integrity, Lord, with an honor, Lord, with an upright moral principles, Lord. I pray that you lift us up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.